following is a presentation of the Retro Network. Retro Network presents a roundtable review of Disney Plus's Book of Boba Fett, the spinoff series of The Mandalorian featuring Boba Fett and Fennec Shand attempting to make a name for themselves in the galaxy's underworld by taking over the territory once controlled by Jabba the Hutt. Thanks for joining us. I am your host, Jason. You might call me the Daimyo for this roundtable, so, you know, feel free to pay tribute before we sign off tonight, guys. Joining me tonight, he was once rescued from the Sarlacc Pit by Brad Pitt, but that's a long story. Welcome, Tack, from the A Very Brady <laughs> Podcast. Tack! Hey, I didn't know you knew that story about Brad Pitt. <laughs> it's a long one, so maybe we'll have to do that on another podcast. <laughs> right, right. I know. <laughs> How's uh, it going? It's going fine. Glad yeah. you are here. Glad to be podcasting with you. Next sure. up... We've got uh, a person who invited two Gamorrean guards to a pig roast, and needless to say, did not go well. Pete <laughs> from yeah, Box choices, 30. Choices were made, but they might not have been good. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, he has given the Mandalorian an open invitation to Thanksgiving this year, just so he can carve the turkey with the dark saber. It's Kevin from Hellions Talks. Kevin. Oh. That's brilliant. That's much better than what I thought you were going to do. I thought you were going to call me the fat Bib Fortuna. <laughs> oh, <laughs> come on, man. Hey, we all, you know, have put on a little weight over the uh, quarantine and all that. Even Boba Fett has. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. anyway, uh, thanks everybody for being here. And as we begin the show, just a quick spoiler alert we are going to spoil the crap out of it, as I say. We're going to just talk about every little thing about Book of Boba Fett. We're going to even dive into the Mandalorian here a little bit, as the show does during uh, during the <laughs> season. But yeah, if you haven't watched it, go ahead and watch it and come back and uh, listen to our thoughts, because uh, we're just going to go every which way but loose with tonight's show. So let's just kick things off. Like I said, and like uh, Pete alluded to in pre-show, there's about five episodes of Book of Boba Fett, and there's a couple that kind of trail off into that Mandalorian world. So let's start with Tack. Just give me your overall yeah. thoughts of the Mandalorian and then specifically how they introduced Boba Fett into the Mandalorian and kind of set up the series. What did you uh, what do you think of that? Sure. Uh, well, first of all, the Mandalorian is amazing. I'm loving it. I hate to say this, but I might even like uh, Mando a little bit better than Boba, and I, I have a tattoo of Boba Fett on my arm. So, <laughs> wow, that's saying a lot. <laughs> but uh, I love the Mandalorian series. Um, I enjoyed having two new episodes in the Boba Fett show, <laughs> so <laughs> that was just a highlight for me. Um, how they introduced him, it's been so long since I've seen uh, what was that, season two? Yeah, yeah. Season up. two, they, you know, we saw a boot to start, and yeah. people are assuming, oh, it's Boba Fett, it's Boba Fett, and there was all <laughs> yeah. this kind of hype. I remember, and 
<clears throat> yeah. And then finally they brought him in uh, towards the end of the season there. Yeah, yeah. And he had to get his armor back and all that. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, it, no, it's, it was definitely exciting at the time. I was like, oh my God, yes. You know, it's Boba Fett, you know. But yeah, I thought it was exciting. And I'm kind of glad he's got his own story now so we can see kind of the, you know, how we got where he was. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Mm. Pete, what do you say? All right. Well, no secret. If you listen to our show, I love Star Wars, the good, the bad and the ugly. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I got to say, I think Mandalorian, certainly one of my favorite shows over the past decade, really. I mean, it's just it's really awesome. And I think it's a massive game changer in the way that we consume Star Wars and how they make Star Wars. And, you know, it's really actually probably going to advance how many movies and shows are made, you know. And I just think, again, technologically, culturally, the show (laughs) is huge. Um, You know, it's just done a lot. I I think there's a ton of people that could have cared less about Star Wars that showed up for Baby Yoda. You know what I mean? Right. right. Um, You know, Grogu, you know, (laughs) as not to, to annoy anybody, but... No, it's just amazing. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I was one of those people where it did like that boot drop and you had that little like spur sound and it's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, um, I was really excited to see him teased, I guess, in season one and then eventually show up in season two. Or I might be getting the time of that a little off. I forget when it deals with Fennec. But yeah, I'm just super, super excited that they brought him into this. And I think it's really hard to do a Mandalorian, let alone the Mandalorian we got, Mandalorian bounty hunter character, and not somehow touch on Boba. You know what I mean? I I almost Mm -hmm. think we got the Mandalorian in a way because it almost felt like they were too scared or or not ready to do Boba Fett. And so we got kind of this alternate version that it just leads you down the road to like, well, we have to see the Fett man at some point. So Right, right. What about you, Kevin? So... Sci-fi starting with Star Trek. I'm going somewhere. Just trust me here. Okay. (laughs) Star Trek was introduced as Wagon Train to the Stars because Westerns were very popular at the time. And then here's our Western in space. And Star Wars had some of that too, but it was also the serials of the 1930s and 40s. Like here's this version of it. And Empire had it and Jedi had it. And then we kind of lost our way. We can blame uh, the Ewok TV movies. We can blame the cartoons. (laughs) Uh, We can blame the prequels and the sequels. Like, I don't know what to blame, but we can blame something. And then it seems like Kevin Feige and Jon Favreau and and, uh, Dave Filoni and everyone else working there for Disney was like, what if we went back and did that again? (laughs) And you got people in their, you know, 40s, give or take, that grew up with Star Wars that love it and want to do it honor and justice with it. And just like a lot of us probably did, hey, I'm gonna dump all my toys on the floor and play with them. Mm-hmm. They've dumped all their toys on the floor mm-hmm. and everything is fair game and everything is fun. And it's also very much like, this is one of the best Westerns ever done. And it's it combines so much. It's got the Western, but it also has your lone samurai thing too. It also has your code of honor. It also has your uh, a rogue trying to turn good. Like there's so much iconic stories that they're bringing everything in 
and it's kind of like copy an A, get an A. You're doing a Star Wars version of stories we already love. So of course we're going to love this too. Mm-hmm. It, it's <laughs> yeah. been brilliant and so much fun. And like you said, changing it, if you're ranking Star Wars now, you kind of got to take Mandalorian and Boba Fett as movies unto themselves for your overall Star Wars rankings at this point. Because guess what? They're better than a lot of the movies we got. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that page. I mean, you know, we had rumors several years ago of doing a Boba Fett movie. And then even when we got Solo, I'm not sure everybody was ready to do that movie. But, you know, the, the, the TV series, no matter if it's seven episodes or 10 episodes or 24 episodes, you just have more time more time to explore and and really flesh out some things that you know you might want in a uh, 90 minute or 120 minute movie that you can't really do so that's what i i do like about this and you're getting pieces and, and clone wars did that as well i just have so much more appreciation even just for the prequels by watching the Clone Wars and all of the, the fleshing out that they did over uh, whatever it was, six seasons now, six or seven, with the uh, Bad Batch. And mm. I just think that style, the, the television series style, is so much more fun. And you can, there's, ep- there's going to be episodes that people aren't going to like and maybe uh, characters or whatever. I mean, that's you get that in the movies, too, but you don't have to dwell on that either. There's just so much more you can do in a, in a TV series. And I think that's what I like about Mandalorian, because you, there are so many angles, like you said, and you throw in Grogu and it's there's just I don't know. You got girls that I know, friends uh, that are women love watching the Mandalorian just for Grogu. And you would not. I don't know if you got that with the Ewoks. I don't think you did as much as maybe <laughs> nowadays, but there is uh it's so mass appealing, I think, to give the kids something to watch, to give us that have, you know, watched it for 35 years now or whatever, 40 years. There's something for everybody. And I think they've done a really good job just pushing everybody's buttons in a good way. It's um, funny you bring up the uh, the movie too. I feel like in some ways we dodged a bullet with that one <laughs> because uh, Josh Trank's uh, of Fantastic Four fame was the one that was set to originally direct that, and believe it or not, he walked away from the project. So yeah, yeah. if you have him walking away from it, there was something that wasn't going great there. And I know they were right. there was rumors that James Mangold was um, going to pick up the reins, and that would have been interesting. You know, uh, he did an awesome job with Logan and things like that, but. If you ask Kathleen Kennedy, she says that he never had his hands on it. So I don't know. I mean, it was interesting, but it's like, I think Kevin even brought up before too, you know, like I remember as a kid, the debate was always Star Wars or Star Trek, you know, and I think that's a debate that's lasted, you know, and probably will last the ages. But, you know, it was always so funny to compare the two because it's like you had like, at least in younger years, three movies versus like the original series and Next Generation and like all this stuff. And it's like, you know, apples to oranges. It was hard to compare the two. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. I'm actually happy that Star Wars is finally doing, you know, between the animated stuff, but also now in live action, something that is serialized and that you can (laughs) expand the universe with. So it's, it's a cool time to, to be experiencing it. Yeah. And that's one 
advantage that Star Trek has is you've had so many different television series over the years and they're continuing to do them plus the motion pictures along the way. And I think people have kind of chosen one or the other, how much Star Trek they want, but it, it is nice to have that option now with Star Wars and I, the, the television series or streaming series seems to have, uh, usurped the need for more movies uh especially with the last few that we've gotten you know it's it's no lie i'm not saying i necessarily hated them but it's no lie that uh people haven't looked uh, upon them <laughs> with the uh, minus the prequels um those are probably next and then of course the original trilogy but i don't I know think it's, it's very funny the newer <laughs> the newer trilogy has actually made people who used to hate the prequels like appreciate <laughs> the prequels yeah, yeah. in a way, you know, so it's, it's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. And I'm a big fan of Rogue One too. So I like what they're doing, trying to uh, bridge the gaps with movies and now with the TV shows. So anyway, well, let's keep moving along. And uh, I'll just throw out some stats for Book of Bubba Fett as we get into more of that show specifically. So the finale which was uh, just last week as we're recording this, was watched by an estimated one and a half million households in the U.S. over a five-day period, which is 36% higher than the Mandalorian Season 2 finale, which pulled in 1.1. Mm-hmm. And by comparison, the most popular Disney Plus original series has been Loki, which was watched by 1.9 million households in its first five days. And with the... Boba Fett picking up steam. I haven't seen any stats for February, but in January it did crack the top 10. I think it was the first Disney plus show to crack the top 10 in the Nielsen ratings. Mm. So there is some momentum here, good or bad. Uh, I've seen mixed reviews on Boba Fett, Uh, but according to Rotten Tomatoes, the critic rating is 73% and the audience rating is 60%. Whereas if you look at Mando, it's 93 and 91 so i think i can explain this okay go go for it (laughs) yeah no because i had seen some stories i think on like business insider and a few other websites earlier on about this too where it's interesting you bring up that finale episode difference which i thought was really interesting because it had a real slow burn starting off where matter of fact i grabbed the stat uh first 11 days of availability on disney plus demand for mandalorian was 75.5 percent higher than boba fett in its first two episodes and globally, demand was 101% higher. So, like, essentially, our first two episodes of Mandalorian was watched way more than mm-hmm. Book of Boba Fett's first two episodes, and then it kind of flipped. I honestly think it's because of the Mandalorian episodes yeah. in the middle of this that basically word of mouth got out, hey, there's two Mandalorian episodes, and Grogu's back, and so is yeah. Luke. And it's like, I think everybody tuned in for that Jump thinking that like on. Luke Skywalker yeah. was going to show up on Tatooine with a lightsaber and start, you know, dishing out justice or something. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, uh, let's just go over our just quick overall thoughts of the series and as a whole, and then we can dive into specifics here after that. So tack, just give me your mm-hmm. overall thoughts on the Boba Fett series. Okay. Overall, I thought it was really good. I got, I got, well, I know you got other topics coming up. I'll save, never mind, I'll save that for later. Um, I liked seeing like how, showing like his backstory, basically how he escaped Sarlacc Pit, how he got to where he is now. 
which is nice to tie those ends up and figure it all out. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a little slow burn at some points. I was excited to see the Mandalorian episodes (laughs) uh, once again, but overall I thought it was good. And I thought it was, I just liked seeing the storyline, like especially the stuff with the Tusken Raiders and I thought that was really cool. Like, especially how they humanized them, kind of like how the sequels humanized stormtroopers. We got to see humanization with the Tuscan Raiders. Um, That's a good point. Yeah. And yeah. also to what you guys were saying before about how Mandalorian did so much better. Also remember too, Mandalorian season one came out during the pandemic, during lockdown. And it also, I think might've helped. Mm-hmm. A little. That's a good point. Uh, Kevin, why don't you go ahead next? Kevin? So, <laughs> sorry. I was, I was taking a moment to think. Okay. I've been told I should Dramatic pause. Dramatic pause. Yeah, I was, to- I was told I should think before speaking sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that part of it is in the marketing that was forgotten in a way, too. Like, when Mandalorian came out, it was sort of a mystery. And none of us knew what was coming. None of us knew what was going to happen. You got Grogu at the end for the big reveal and everyone's flipping out Baby Yoda, Baby Yoda, Baby Yoda. And then how could they not have merchandise? Well, because we wanted it to be a surprise. And we didn't have surprise for Boba Fett either, though. So at first it wasn't feeling like I have to watch this. What's coming next? What on earth is happening? It was kind of like, oh, I'll get around to it. I also think that there was an initial preview of Boba Fett And it it was like a a Disney event or Star Wars event or something like that. And they said, presenting the next chapter in the Mandalorian story. And then they showed the Book of Boba Fett Mm. teaser. So from then, it's not a Boba Fett thing. It's been, here's the longer Mandalorian story. But we're going to call this chapter Boba Fett. It kind of reminds me of in Marvel, it's all connected, but we don't understand why it's connected until we're further along. So like people hated the age of not hated, but people didn't like age of Ultron as much when it came out. Now that we see what's happened with all of these characters since that's a much better movie. That's a more enjoyable movie Mm. because we know where it's gone, where the overall story has gone. So stuff for Boba Fett, a lot of it, I think like, they're sitting down saying, okay, for Mandalorian season three, here are our chess pieces. We need them at these points in the board. What can we do to get them there? Hmm. And part of it was, well, we need to know Boba Fett's story. We need to get his journey there. So when we do whatever we're doing in Mandalorian season three, or honestly, at this point, I'm wondering if some of the other coming Star Wars shows are going to tie in more than we realize. All right, so we got to tell Boba Fett's story. How did he get out of Sarlacc Pit? Let's tell the story of Tusken Raiders. Let's tell um, his battle against the train, which I'm calling the Sand Piercer instead of Snow Piercer. <laughs> um, let's do all of these things to get our story going. One of the problems I had with the start of the Boba Fett story is I think he was with the Sand People for years, and it seems like he was with them for a week. Yeah. yeah, I think it, the timing is something like yeah. about five years. Five years, yeah. Yeah, and it doesn't come across as well. So when people are like, well, why did he go from a, a bounty hunter to wanting to be a good person and protecting the town and all? 
well, he just spent five years earning the trust of a people that were then killed. So he wants to protect the planet. Like that makes sense when you consider how many years, but when you consider it of two episodes ago, all right, well now it's kind of weird. And, uh, and I, no, 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 I'll I'll stop because it's coming up as a later question. Apparently, <laughs> okay, Pete. Uh, again, if you've listened to our show, you're going to be no stranger to what I'm about to say. I enjoyed it, but I have issues. <laughs> um, you know, I think uh, both Tack and Kevin have, have already hit the nail on the head with so many of the things that I was thinking, even with Kevin stealing the words right out of my head with moving the chess pieces around. Honestly, this was Mandalorian season 2.5. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I, I it really, it, it was good. It was fun. Like you guys said before, it's, it's, you know, Dave Filoni and John Favreau playing with their Star Wars toys. So you get these really great, insane moments, you know, <laughs> like riding a Rancor through a town and fighting, you know, battle droids with it. I mean, it's just insane, but at the same time, like from a plot and a character building point of view, it's just problematic and uneven. I feel like in seven slash five episodes, they set up a bunch of things and then kind of undo it all by the end in so many ways. So it's definitely a, a, a interesting and kind of a weird show from that sort of perspective. Like I can't really point my finger at another show where it sort of did something quite like that. And again, <laughs> I'm beating the dead horse here, but we have so many like things that we're going to be chatting about ahead. I don't want to get too far down the rabbit hole, but okay. overall really did enjoy it. I love my star Wars. So <laughs> <laughs> anything I say bad about it from here on out, let me throw that disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I enjoyed the series. Uh, me and my middle son, watched it together he's the star wars nut and i think we generally had fun with it there's some points where we were both talking at the screen and then talking to each other and uh <laughs> made a fun watch i think i wasn't as slowed by the beginning like tack was saying i did enjoy them trying to tell the story of boba fett and what happened and trying to piece that puzzle together i did uh feel once we did get to episode five it was really disjointed like they almost stopped the show and started a new (laughs) one and what you guys were saying too when i was you know finished with the show and i'm kind of reflecting back and i'm actually going back and doing a rewatch now just because i I don't know i the week to week thing i like that they have recaps too but binging it i don't know i'm I'm still torn between the week to week thing and being able to binge the show all at once so i'm gonna like go back and watch it but it did feel disjointed and i was thinking why didn't you just call this mandalorian season three kind of spread out mando's story and you can you know have little snippets here and there bring them together when you need to and just make it mandalorian season three i don't it was just kind of four episodes, two episodes, one episode, you know, and it was very disjointed once they brought Mando in. Now, like you said, Pete, not saying that uh, I didn't dislike it. I mean, I, I really enjoyed the series, but it just felt so abrupt when they just cut to Mando and 
spend two episodes essentially on him well it is i mean that's i was like i was joking about it like i said before the show but like if you just take those two episodes out you know forgetting like episode six has the stuff with Cobb vanth and cad bane and like they meet up at the end of the episode with boba if you strip that like probably like five minutes of screen time out it's two episodes of mandalorian and again i love mandalorian but in a show called the book of boba fett You've yeah. just cut, you know, two two sevenths of your show away, and and now you really right, only left right. with five actual episodes, and half of those episodes, half of those five, are flashback episodes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, think, yeah. you know, it's jumping back and forth, but it's spending a lot of time in the past, so it leaves you. It's a short season anyway, and then it leaves you with an even shorter season, and I think it just came off awkward because. I, I would have loved for them to flesh out the character more and kind of do more with it. And it's just like, you feel like abrupt is the word, you know? Um, yeah. It, it's I mean, just really weird. <laughs> give it two more episodes at the beginning with his story. Like Kevin was saying, you know, make that feel like five years uh, <laughs> instead of five weeks. I also think you could do a, you could have the entire season be exactly what it is with a title change. Instead of book of Boba Fett, there were actual books that came out 20 years ago now, probably maybe 25 called tales of the bounty hunters tales from the Moss Eisley Cantina. They were short story collections of the star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. Call this tales of the Mandalorian tales of the Mandalorian episode one, Boba Fett's escape episode two, Boba Fett's rebirth episode five or whatever Grogu's training. <laughs> so it's, the Mandalorian's world, but these are other characters within that world. Mm, interesting. And then, and then you'd be like, oh, okay, maybe Mandalorian will show up, maybe not, but it's still within this world and it's characters I already care about within the larger story. Yeah. I gotcha. It is funny, yeah. the transition, though. I, I remember getting to the end of episode four and it's like, uh, oh, I have money, we need muscle. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. well, I, if you know where to get it, and it plays that Mandalorian riff and like, so, like, at the yeah. end of that episode, I'm going, like, oh, my God, that's great. They're going to bring the Mandalorian in for, like, the final battle, right? Next episode, next week. And this goes to what you're saying, Jason, with, like, the non, like, bingeable end of things. Like, you wait a week, and it's like, whoa, oh, my God, it's opening with the Mandalorian. This is cool. Like, we're going to yeah. get a couple scenes yeah. with him, and then it'll jump back to what's going on with Boba. But then the whole episode's just Mando. And it's like, oh, all right. Like, when you're, like, 15 or so minutes in, you're like, it's not going back to Boba, is it? and then you're like you get to the end of that episode and he sort of says um it's on the house but i gotta go see a little friend first and you're like oh cool like he'll disappear now and then he'll come back in the final episode and help out and then no the next episode is mostly about him yeah so it was just it's weird it's so strange it's like you know again the shows are related but it hijacked it <laughs> the did. whole middle it section did. of the show. Well, you guys might remember over on Slack in our, our podcast show, when we trying to coordinate these shows, I was like, wait, what the hell? We only got four episodes? Is, is that it? Because <laughs> it felt like a natural ending right there. And I'm like, oh, that sucks. We're going to have to wait till the next Mandalorian season, you know, for the Mando to come in and help out Boba. But no, like you said, they just started season three there for yeah. two episodes. So. I don't know. It was uh, it was pretty crazy. All right. Well, let's uh, let's keep moving forward. And uh, Tack, give us something that you liked, a favorite scene, favorite character, maybe a plot point or story arcs. Just throw out something that you really like. Sure. Um, I, I feel bad 
by the way, because you guys are in deep discussion, this is my first time actually getting to talk to somebody about the show. <laughs> we're, we're your support group. Of, we're here. And I appreciate that. Because a lot of my friends either don't watch it or haven't watched it yet. So <laughs> I can't discuss it with anybody. Um, so <laughs> we're happy to be your therapy. Yes. Yeah. See you tech. <laughs> <laughs> so when I have this, saw this opportunity, I was like, yes, let me on there. <laughs> so anyway, there's a lot of really good characters in the show. I liked, I mean, you have like a, was it Cursitam? Is that how you say it? Yeah. Yeah. Percent. The, the Wookiee. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. I did like seeing them. Uh, the mod squad. I don't know if you want to talk about them at all. At first, I didn't really like them too much, but they were starting to grow on me towards the end of the season. I don't know what you guys... I think that was everybody's response. You know, like, I feel like cruising around Reddit, like, the day after episode, what was that, three, when they're first introduced, everybody's Mm. like, oh, there's Power Rangers and this and that. And it's like, you know, like, (laughs) just the Star Wars fandom vitriol came out in a big, bad way. And then kind of towards the end people were at least okay with them or at least not talking about them anymore. One of the two, I'm not sure which. <laughs> I, I called them the neutrinos. You know, remember the neutrinos from the turtles? Anyway, oh. I did not, uh, did not like them. <laughs> well, it's funny. It's such another funny choice, right? And I guess Star Wars does this sort of thing randomly throughout time, but like they're the mods, right? So like somebody in a in a pitch meeting somewhere was like, we've got these people, they modify their bodies with droid parts. We're going to call them the mods. And then somebody else went like, hey, remember that British movement in the 60s where everybody called themselves the mods and they rode these yeah. Vespas with yeah, the Vespas. 20 mirrors on it? Oh, <laughs> we should put that literally in the show as a visual, you know? So it <laughs> yeah. was such like a weird mirror to the real world. And again, like there's a lot of stuff with George Lucas and American Graffiti, and he really likes that sort of thing. So I yeah. think it's a little nod mm-hmm. to him, but it definitely feels odd. And I know like I love the Star Wars fandom comes out in such a big bad way when they're complaining that they've got zippers on their outfits because like one of the great star wars rules when they were doing the costuming is never have visible zippers on any of the costumes (laughs) and so of course these people are covered in zippers so like the fans were like (laughs) how dare you put zippers visible on a costume (laughs) it's just it's great it brings out the best and the worst in such funny and interesting ways (laughs) the uh not being employed and having these uh, nice shiny scooters for the lack of better word to, yeah. to ride around yeah. in the desert. I was like, and presumably mm, expensive surgery. <laughs> yeah. Right. But maybe that's why they're, uh, they're out of, out of uh, money and out Could of be. jobs. <laughs> what else were you going to say tech? Oh, um, I don't remember his name, but who was that uh, twilight guy that was just uh, basically uh, Boba's, like oh, the well. mayor's uh, major domo guy. I can't think of his name. Oh, yeah, the uh, yeah, jeez, yeah, yeah. He, was, you have a he name? was pretty entertaining. <laughs> he had a name, but I can't remember it. The the speaker, yeah, the mayor representative. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was just basically the yes man, and <laughs> he's uh he was funny. It was interesting how they gave him like an American accent, and he even talks about how why he had that accent i don't remember what the answer was he yeah he was schooled on coruscant or something like that yeah that's right yeah i do remember him saying that but it was kind of like i guess normally have like a really french sounding accent so it's like i guess Mm -hmm. it it gets stripped Mm -hmm. away yeah i don't know he was pretty funny he had some really funny moments i thought he was kind of likable yeah it was really great when they put him in uh 
the lady from the uh, spaceport together at the end there. They had yeah. some good. They had some good. Oh, back yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Amy Sedaris's character. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. She's they <laughs> had some really good back and forth uh, in the final episode. Yeah, Kevin, what's some things you liked? All right, let me hang on. I need to get the exact uh, number here. So one of the things that got me is Fennec Shand is amazing, and Ming Na Wen is stunning and strong and badass and mm-hmm. everything every moment she's on screen Agreed. and i was a huge agents of shield fan as well she's awesome on there fun fact she has been in disney marvel and star wars in mm-hmm. animated and live action she's the only actor to do that interesting nice. okay and she's almost 60 yep that was the number i was getting she is 58 years old Holy crap! Blown, blown away. <laughs> I was like, "What? Wow!" She's a geek icon, <laughs> but you can have anyone watch that, whether they're into Star Wars or not. Whether it's someone's wife that's like, "Oh, you're watching this stuff again," come in the room. <laughs> she just exudes this badass, amazing quality. And then you're like, "She's almost sixty. Remember when sixty was old? Hell, guys, remember when forty was old?" <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, that's amazing. And, and yeah. she just comes in like that. I had no clue. Yeah, she is awesome. That is already on my figure hunt list because apparently there's a Black Series figure coming out that looks just like her the likeness is incredible for it yeah i think it's a 30 dollar figure i don't care i will end up getting it when it comes out <laughs> it's just so cool if she gets her own show i'd be all set but she just is amazing on that and then i was so disappointed that she wasn't in the final battle yeah thinking, what the hell is going on why is she taking time off and then that near end scene where she just comes in like a ninja <laughs> assassin and takes everyone out Oh, yeah. so cool. Yeah, Love it was great. Every moment of it. Uh, Black Chrysanthemum there. I don't know if any of you guys have played with the Star Wars comics at all in the last few years. Uh, Marvel mm-hmm. got the rights back. He appears in the comics. He is the sidekick to a character in the comics who is pretty much like the Star Wars version of Indiana Jones. Okay. Um, she's going to go and like raid old tombs and, and you know, uh, abandoned s- starships and spaceports and everything and work for the highest bidder and everything. So if he's there, it kind of means all the comics count and it opens up that toy box even more. Wow. Because <laughs> that's mm-hmm. where he first debuted. Oh, oh, and yeah. one last thing. Danny Trejo is right <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was great. I saw that and I was like, you said Danny Trejo? Yeah, perfect. <laughs> but perfect. But it, it, it takes a scene from Jedi of the Rancor Keeper crying when Luke killed the Rancor, uh-huh. which even as a kid was just so silly and ridiculous. And now it makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yep. yeah. They turned it around. I mean, first season Mandalorian took this ice cream maker thing that the guy <laughs> right yeah the yeah, yeah. And, and makes it like a portable safe yeah oh, well, yeah that makes sense now like someone john favre man yeah genius someone's <laughs> gonna take the mods in a couple years and do some twist on it that we'll all love <laughs> i hope so <laughs> all right let's give pete a turn what's some things you like oh god i mean i feel like i gotta say ditto again to both of you um <laughs> character wise 
You said it. Fennec is incredible. I think she steals some of this show right out from Boba in the badass department, you know? Yeah. Um, Peli Mato, again, Amy Sedaris's character. She was so funny in Mandalorian. I'm so excited to see her back again here. Mm-hmm. Like, especially to the first time you kind of catch a glimpse of her where like Boba's riding into town and you see her just kind of walking in the background with her joys. You're like, yes, like little yeah. cameo in the background. And then she's just back in the show. So wonderful. Like mm-hmm. ridiculous allusions to her dating Jawas. And like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. God. just so wonderful. So great. So um, great. Kevin, just like you were just saying, Black Kersantan is so fun in the comics. I'll put a name to it. Dr. Afra needs her own show. Oh my God, one of my favorite new um, Star Wars characters of the past several years. So I really hope that they can do something with that. Cad Bane, when I saw him like walking in from the distance, he was just a little like blip on the horizon. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> because like it was such like, a cool character <clears throat> in the Clone Wars shows. And he has direct relationship to Boba and Jango. So it's great that they could bring him back. I don't think he's dead, by the way. <laughs> uh, no. You know, I, I know they had kind of like unceremonious stabbed him in the chest, but he's got that like breathing apparatus and everything to keep him from being force choked. I don't think he's mm-hmm. off the playing board just yet. Cobb Vanth being back. Amazing. I thought he was so fun. Uh, so I'm glad that they're not only brought him back for the little bit that he was in it, but seemingly for bigger plans at that little, you know, kind of post credit scene. And I, one more random character I would mention is 8D8, the torture droid that they brought yeah. back, yeah. Um, voiced yeah. so amazingly by Matt Berry. Oh, my God. That's awesome. <laughs> like, yeah. So, so cool. Um, and uh, like as far as like plot and, and scenes, I, I really like all the stuff with the Tuscans. Like, again, I think you mentioned it before, Tech. Just cool, like mm. expanding their world and seeing more of the behind right, the scenes right. of those characters. Yeah, um, I, I totally agree with that. It was just neat. To discover, you know, get into their world a little bit. I mean, it's just going back to the Clone Wars and how much they were able to expand. And you see some of the other species of people and how they, where they live and, you know, just a little bit about their culture. I just thought it was great. So there's no qualms for me about the slow build there because I enjoyed being in their world for that little bit. Mm. Well, in and out of their world, I guess you would say, since we're going back in time the thing that blew me away the most in the entire series and it sucks because it's in the mando world more or less than the (laughs) boba fett the seamless deep fake that they did on luke i mean yeah it's so much better so it's miles away from what they did at the end of season two of Mm -hmm. mandalorian in my opinion i was like i'm looking at my son he's looking back at me and we're how the hell did they do this? I mean, it just, it was seamless to me. And well, from what I, I understand, they did it with a different, a different way this time. Well, yeah, so it's, it's, it's a great story behind the scenes of this. So um, yeah. when they came out with that season two ending and it, people were like, how'd they do this? How'd they do this? And, you know, they had the guys from corridor crew were playing around with it. And there was a few other groups mm-hmm. and they started realizing that it was like a mix, a little bit of CG and, and de-aging, but it was really mostly, deep fake technology that they were using and there's a youtuber out there goes by shamook that basically Mm -hmm. like took a stab at like redoing it and came out with a much better looking version so disney hired him (laughs) like which is like amazing like what a cool story you know um and and they really knocked it out of the park they you know there's still like a little bit of like 
funkiness with the nose and funkiness with the eyes, which is just kind of part of deep fakes right now. But oh my God, the technology is getting better. Yeah. It was just, it was so, so cool seeing that work so well. I and just, the other portion of that that I don't think a lot of people realize, because a lot of it, people talk about the visuals. All of that audio is basically like Alexa. They mm, took right. a bunch of old recordings of him from the movies, from like a audio book that Mark Hamill did. And they basically like generated all of that text, like the all of the speaking through that um, digital interface. So it's really cool. Yeah, it's pretty brilliant. There's a documentary, if you haven't seen, on the finale of season two on Disney plus and they explain all of that and go into detail. I just watched mm. it like a week ago for the first time. Mm. I was like, wow. Cause I was or two weeks ago, I guess, or whenever the episode dropped, I guess it was number six with Luke, but gosh, that was just, uh, just amazing what they can do now. I it, even like during the super bowl, there was a LeBron James commercial. I don't know if you guys saw that was essentially him talking to his younger self. And I was like, it must be the same dude, man, because it looked pretty brilliant. Um, the other thing I was going to mention, even though it was so disjointed to bring in Mando, how badass was his entrance? Stepping <laughs> through the curtains. You see his silhouette. He steps through the curtains and you hear that twang of his theme, you know, and you're mm -hmm. like, oh, my God, it's on. There was a couple like videos on the internet the day after with like people that were doing like watch parties and bars and things. And like his silhouette shows up behind that curtain and the whole crowd is like, ah, <laughs> you know? right. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. And he whips out the dark saber and he's trying to use it. And you see, he can't really, <laughs> he hasn't got the hang of it yet. And you learn why. And I mean, there was some great story there, mm -hmm. but just his entrance, just wow. That was just so great. Yeah, uh, to see him come back. All right. Um, let me see. Was there anything? I I'm gonna ditto Fennec Shand. She's one of my favorite characters. I wish they would have gave her a little bit more. Like you said, she kind of disappeared, and she always just kind of comes in, and she's almost like the enforcer for him. I mean, it's just all right. You need some Book of Fennec Shand next year yeah. on Disney. No Plus. kidding. No kidding. <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah, I I wrote down about the. Uh, the Tuscan people and how they took out the train and all that, that crazy uh, creature they brought in with the six arms and stuff, man, coming out oh, of the yeah. sand. <laughs> that was pretty cool. All right. Well, let's just touch a little bit on some stuff that didn't sit well with us. So go ahead, Tack. Uh, let's see here. Well, first of all, Cad Bane was, was awesome. And I was super excited to see him on there. I didn't really watch any of the stuff like, um, what was it? Clone Wars show. Mm -hmm. I did watch The Bad Batch. I thought that was really good. So I wasn't too familiar with his character, but I knew who he was. When I saw him, I thought, this character is awesome. And I was super excited about his character. And then he, well, allegedly gets killed, like, right away. And this is kind of like a letdown, I felt, like, with the sequels with Snoke. You know, you're wondering who's Snoke. We're waiting to find out who Snoke is. And then he's just immediately killed in the next movie. <laughs> so it's kind of a letdown. But I think you're right. I don't think he is dead. and he's going to come back. There um, is backstory out there too. If you go, for sure, the, I've heard a little bit about that. Yeah, just got to go back and watch. Yeah, it's he, neat, and they have like you know, like again, it's always this newer stuff. They're rewriting the past of these things, but like the dented helmet, according to Dave Filoni, is because the two of them got into a shootout years ago, and yeah. Bane shot him in the helmet. 
and he shot him. And then when Bane falls down, like you can see the plate on his head where he would have been hit by Boba. So it's just kind of cool know little, that. little little <laughs> yeah. things wow. like that. And also um, the scene where uh, the marshal gets shot, right, mm-hmm. by Cad Bane. He had his like little deputy guy there. I thought that guy was pretty funny. Like I thought, I thought they were gonna, I was going to see more of him, but apparently not. He's definitely dead. <laughs> yeah, but I was like, oh, that guy's kind of funny. Like, and then I'm like, oh, never mind. <laughs> I was like, so I, I guess we won't see more of him. Uh, um, trying to think what else. I like I said, I may have sounded a little sour in the beginning, but I I loved the show. I thought it was really great. Um, I like seeing a lot of the backstory, but I'm, I'm trying to think of any bad scenes. I'm sure one of you will remind me of something. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's fine. Um, Kevin, some stuff that uh, didn't sit well with you. All right. So Boba Fett and his group need backup. And the townspeople from the, the western town there show up last moment. Uh, Boba Fett comes in riding the Rancor. Mm-hmm. Like we get we get some reinforcements. But why did we not get Boba Fett going and getting the Tuscan Raiders to help him? Because they were dead. They didn't exterminate the entire Tuscan Raider race. <laughs> oh, but the way I, I understand where you're coming from. And I thought about that and was like, well, maybe this was just the this tribe. And maybe while yeah. there are different tribes that probably talk to each other or communicate, maybe they he, he wouldn't be accepting with another tribe. So he can't yeah. bring in more. That was my rationale there but i i know where you're going with that that would have been an interesting way to have some backup for him mm-hmm. for sure and- especially spending five years with that tribe like if they would have shown up at the end and helped out i don't think anybody would have questioned it no no and yeah. and believe me i like his fight with cad bane at the end where the blaster is no good but the gaffy stick is what does it that was yeah, i thought great- that, that was nice it was a nice touch i like that yeah, it was a great way to close the loop for mm-hmm. it. I just would yeah. have liked more of the the Tuscan Raider part brought back into it mm-hmm. and show a little more. And, and honestly, I, I mean, it's ridiculous because it's for the story, but there is a lot of confusion now over who lived and two died here. So Cad Bane will will one of the lights was still beeping. Does that mean or light you know blinking? Does that mean he's still alive? Maybe, maybe not. Is Max Rebo still alive? <laughs> I sure hope so. <laughs> you know, yeah, I really want an extra sure. little like half episode to explain how he made it off the sail barge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good question, too. <laughs> and that that Twilight, twi- whatever, that's running the bar, who yeah. is what's her name from Flash? Yeah, Jennifer yeah. Beals. Jennifer yeah. Beals. That's a great character right there, too. But it looks like she didn't make it out of this. Yeah. And, and Star Wars has this horrible habit of killing off cool characters, especially cool bad guys. Yeah. And she's she's almost 62, by the way. Do, again, does not look at, at all. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. You have to have a quote-unquote cantina included. And that's what I kind of saw that more as just let me dip my toes in here and, and see some cantina scenes because everybody loves the cantina. But yeah. I, I, I was the same way, though. I was like, they should have done a little bit more, had some more scenes there or something. Uh, you bring an actress like that in and you essentially waste her. So, and and, and yeah. part of not knowing who, you know, having questions about is our certain characters still alive. 
we'll make it more dramatic. So if they show up in a season from now or, or another show or whatever, we're shocked at their return. Right. So, I mean, yeah, that's part of it, but I end up with lots of questions for it though. <laughs> Wondering well, what <laughs> the heck is going to happen next. <laughs> um, I did have problems with Luke's training at first. And I was like, well, this doesn't tie in with the sequels with the whole Kylo Ren thing. And, and how are you making your decisions here? And we know that Grogu can't train with him because if Ben Solo slash Kylo Ren is his first student, then Grogu can't be. So mm-hmm. that kind of tips us for where it's going to go. But the more and more I got thinking about it, for Luke saying, you have to make a decision. Do you want to train with me or do you want to go with family? That's the decision Luke made, though. Yoda telling him, if you leave to save your friends... You're Mm. abandoning your training, but the right thing to do, the path of good was for Luke to leave to save his friends. Yeah. So Luke kind of gave that same decision to Grogu. And I'm like, ooh, now I like this a lot more. (laughs) Like now it's a great callback. It's more interesting for me. Yeah. And he can go back and do more training at some point, too. Yeah. That's a neat scene, too, because it's like a direct reference to um, Lone Wolf and Cub. Yeah, where so I just thought that that was so fun that they included things like that in this. I gotta read, finally read that. Anything else, Kevin? No, that's it. Okay, Pete, what do you say? Um, least favorite scene. I gotta. The first thing that popped into my mind was the most Espa speeder chase. Again, people have their feelings on the mods. Like I said, by the end of the show, I was like, I was fine with them. Like I didn't really care one way or the other. But the actual chase scene itself just felt really weird and slow just from like a filmmaking perspective. I mean, like you compare it to like the speeder chase and return of the Jedi it's just totally like light, you know, night and day on these two things. Like, you know, mm-hmm. one of them just feels like really high stakes, really fast. The other one just feels like people are pedaling their tricycles around town. <laughs> I don't know. Just, just, just weird feeling to it. Um, here's where I'm going to get a little crummy. All right. Least favorite character. Boba Fett. <laughs> um, I'm really sorry to say it, but again, I think he just got kicked out of his own show. And past that, I don't know what his motivations are. You know, like you have this character who in first amazing scene crawls out of the, the Sarlacc pit, which people like me have been dreaming about for decades. The reason I went to film school and why I'm a photographer, like was because in seventh grade, my buddy and I, who are super Boba Fett fans, figured out that if we brought our VHS of Return of the Jedi in, that we could hook it up to like a VHS deck and get still frames out of it of Boba Fett. So like, love this character and love where he came from. And we were dreaming about, oh, he made it out of the Sarlacc pit. And there's legend stuff saying that he got out of the Sarlacc pit. So it was only a matter of time before they did something with him. But then like, His first moment, you know, he gets captured. He goes off with the sand people. And I do like that portion. And I like the character development that happens for him there. But then like his first thing out of that is like he loses his tribe. So he's like, all right, well, you know what I'm going to do now? I'm going to go kill Bib Fortuna and take over as Daimyo of Tatooine. That's got to be the next thing I need to do in my life. I don't want to be a (laughs) bounty hunter anymore. I want to be a a, a crime boss and rule Tatooine. (laughs) But then... He spends all of his time, like, he, he's like, I want kickbacks, pay me my tribute and all this. But then he doesn't like the big meals that are fed to him. And, like, he goes and he wants to help the mods and give them jobs. And then Fennec's like, you know, we got to do the drug trade with this, you know. 
with the with the pikes uh that's what jabba did and he's like no no drugs no you know so it's like he wants to be a criminal that doesn't want to do crime he ends up feeling more like a sheriff and then when the whole show wraps up he's talking with fennec he's like you know what this life kind of isn't for us and like they kind of allude to the fact that they're going to leave everything in Cobb vance's hands you know it's it's just really weird like you just don't know i don't think the character knows what he wants and it <clears throat> leaves you feeling lukewarm on the character then when he's surrounded by badass fennec shand and badass mandalorian and luke and grogu doing their thing it's like after a while <laughs> you know you just come back to like he just doesn't feel right. And even uh, Tamora said he talks too much, you know, like you're used to like, you know, the two minute, 43 seconds of Boba Fett on screen mm-hmm. before where he's just this quiet menacing dude. And like, you know, now he's got like feelings and he's revving his motorbike. And it's like, I don't know. It's just, just a, <laughs> just a weird turn for the character. And it almost feels like a different version, even than the one we got in Mandalorian season two, who came like in smashing skulls with his gaffy stick, you know? Yeah. Um, why didn't he use his jetpack in that first fight with those guys with the shields? I mean, like, ah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I agree. Like, meaning, like, he doesn't have too much character development. Which, by the way, I also went to film school too, Pete. So that's cool. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, he's just very. Are you like me and didn't use it for anything? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I've done a, like a lot of like freelance stuff. Anyway, uh, yeah, his character is kind of flat. He just doesn't have any depth to him. I just. It, it almost comes across, and I hate to say this, but as a Steven Seagal type. Yeah, I mean, like, put him yeah. in the shoes of somebody like Don Corleone, because they almost, like, they kind of mimic some of that sort of, like, mob family and hits and things like that a little bit in this. It, that's, like, a scary character that doesn't have to say much, and, like, the people just go out and do his bidding. But you don't even have that, you know what I mean? Like, it's such a weird thing. Like, And I think that it, it comes a little bit from the Filoni-verse of, of Clone Wars, where... You have Boba growing up and he's also kind of wishy-washy there. But then I forget which of you mentioned it, but like Tales of the Bounty Hunters and great books like that from Legends, like um, the Boba Fett series was so good. Like everything that he's doing, he's just like kicking ass and taking names. (laughs) It's just like, it's so cool. And same thing with the comics, brutal character in the comics. And then it's like, all right, you know, he mentions these older so now he wants to kind of take like a different tack with his life and things like that. And I get that. But like, if even you go by the Star Wars timing of things, Boba Fett at this point in his life is 41 years old and he's being played by a 61 year old. So, you know, like <laughs> if you take Tamora Morrison 20 years ago in Attack of the Clones, that's how old Boba Fett should be at this point in time in continuity, hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like. Oh, it's it's just tough to like get around that character because I think he's like a little limited by age and things. Although obviously, you know, Ming-Na and, and others are not as so much, but I don't know. It just uh, falls a little flat. I feel like the Boba Fett that we all wanted was in the Mandalorian. So yeah. I don't know. It's tricky. <laughs> well, I th- <laughs> he's got all that uh, Sarlacc pit acid that just ate away at him. That's why he looks so old. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I see where you're coming from with that. Two sons, and... it, it ages you. It's rough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I even thought it was fun that, I, I guess it was more of a flashback when he goes after the slave one, right? I'm trying to remember now. But um, anyway. It's, it's, yeah, it's kind of like a middle flashback because it's like after the Tuscan, but before the events okay. of Mandalorian. But even that was weird because like, yeah, it's such a dumb like, 
well actually sort of thing but like if he has his like armor and everything you know he could like i guess he didn't have the armor i was gonna say because he could like call his ship from his armor like on his gauntlet right, you know yeah. so like, i don't but See, that was a great I, I actually really liked them infiltrating and getting that but like a follow-up to that right like so he's like we can't go in there guns blazing because i don't have my armor so they sneak in and get the ship and then like he comes back like all murdery and, and kills bib and everybody else in there <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know, it's kind of a funny thing <laughs> I was going to say, just I understand where you're coming from with the character. And I kind of just I don't have all the backstory. I haven't read all the books in the in the comics either. So I was just like, you've went through five pretty crappy years of your life. You know, you you survive and you're in the middle of nowhere and you're trying to understand or trying to fit your your new self into this position and I totally agree. I'm like, well, what is the motivation to take over the throne? What are you going to do here? And then you see there's compassion here and there's not compassion here. So I don't know. It's you got the 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 twins, the the huts that come in too. So you've got that angle of which I like, gotta watch my came back. In and, and you're like, oh, this is who he's gonna be going up against. And then poof, yeah. Within an episode, they're off on their way. <laughs> and I think my biggest dislike about it is Cad Bane because I think maybe they're just trying to wrap up his story and maybe he is dead and this was just kind of the final chapter of his story because we have seen a lot of him you know throughout the Clone Wars and everything but how much more would have been to make him the reveal at the end of the first episode and him more or less going after Boba and you've got this battle back and forth between them throughout instead of him just kind of popping in the pikes were I don't know I felt like he could just go in and kick their ass at any time <laughs> I, I didn't feel any uh <laughs> yeah it's uh, true I mean like it's funny you know they bring that up in solo and things that like the pikes are like a huge you know drug syndicate kind of yeah, second they, only they've to the got huts. a lot of people but they're not yeah. like uh they're faceless mercenary. yeah yes, they're, 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 they're just faceless. faceless characters yeah no i totally agree with you i i again this is why i wish it was like 10 episodes instead of seven slash five you know what i mean yeah. like they yeah. could have done more with cat and and really had some like you know even like you know i love when he's like i'm i know how to draw him out and his whole thing to draw him out was just to literally walk up and just start talking <laughs> walk into the building you know and then it's like all right well we're done talking i'm gonna walk off this direction now no i wish they had done more with him i am completely on board with what you're saying yeah. with that yeah he in that scene i was thinking more or less he knows how to push his buttons he knows what's the, what to say you know uh i'm gonna flush him out with just talking to him but there is that history there like you were saying or we have all said I think Cad should have been more of a uh, an adversary towards him throughout instead of just two episodes and whatever, 15 yeah. minutes, whatever I mean, like, screen time we got. I had to explain to my wife, I'm like, oh, my God, there's Cad Bane. She's like, uh, who? So I'm like, all right, well, <laughs> like the first thing I mentioned was like the dented helmet thing. But then the second thing I said to her is Django Fett trained Cad Bane and Cad Bane trained Boba Fett, you know, in like the in the kind of. Uh, continuity that they've set up mm -hmm. over time so like there's like deep-seated ties to that character if you go into that deeper continuity so yeah the fact that he's kind of again another one of these characters that are like in and out i mean that's another problem really like i'm glad you brought up the the twins it's like all right these two characters show up he stole this territory from the huts now he's in trouble with the huts which is like a big cartel 
And then they're gone because now the Pikes are coming in. Like, why? Like, why have the Pikes come in? He could just be having problems with the huts, you know? Um, And same thing with Cad Bane. Like, he drops in, smokes the deputy, unfortunately, you know, like, shoots uh, um, Cobb Vanth in the the shoulder. And then on screen and off screen, and then he's, poof, dead again, you know, within, like, 10 minutes in the next episode. Like, (laughs) it's a bummer because it's, like, they're such fun characters. Like, do more with them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The twins, I mean, I think Shand even says, you know, you need uh, uh, an act of God, essentially, to, to kill them. Yeah. And you're you're wondering like okay there's going to be some more developed here to take them out but they never explored that maybe they'll explore <laughs> that later on but speaking oh. of later on let's let's just kind of move forward with what we think is going to hold in the future you know mm-hmm. will there be a uh, book of boba season 2 or will they just continue to bleed the characters into the mandalorian moving forward any predictions you have for the third season of Mandalorian and in particular Boba and Shand, I would say. So tech, why don't you give us your sure. predictions here? Sure. First of all, with the twins, how funny were the servants when they were trying to hold up that platform? <laughs> yeah. I actually have to say, I feel like it's a disproportionate number of servants to that weight. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Uh, will there be season two? Uh, definitely. I think so. I'm not sure where they're going to go with the story on it. I'm looking forward to, uh, Mando season three, of course, <laughs> but I think Cad Bane's definitely going to come back. I think with Obi Wan when that show starts, I think he might be more because that's more of his time period, right? Because that takes place right after, right after Episode three, right between three and four. I think so. Yeah, yeah. It's basically the story of Obi Wan watching out for Luke and Leia, kind of a thing. I think it's the whole storyline mm-hmm. dealing with a young Darth Vader and. Uh, I guess that's a whole nother topic, but <laughs> um, we got Hayden Christensen again. But um, I'm not sure. I'm not really sure because I I don't know any of the backstory. I never read the comics. I never read any of the books. Um, I never saw, um, like I said before, the Clone Wars. I did watch uh, Bad Batch where you got to see a little bit more of Cad Bane there, which I thought was cool. So I'm not really sure as far as Book of Boba Fett's going to go. Kevin, you've been quiet. I've been listening. <laughs> um, Mandalorian season three, I think, is going to be Mando pulled in two different directions. You had the episode here where, because he showed his face, he is no longer allowed to be part of the Mandalorian. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say that. Yeah, he's going to go back to Mandalore, I think. Anyway, yeah, so he's, he's going to try to do it to become a full fledged member again. But you also have this other sect of mandalorians there and and i can't remember the characters names but uh katie sackoff and and sasha banks from the previous season mandalorian where they do show their faces where they're not confined to the mask but they still have the armor and are still respectful of it and it's where they came from but it's kind of like modern versus orthodox in a way so I think Mandalorian's going to be pulled between two different sides of his religion, and that'll be the story of season three. For which way does he want to go? Mm-hmm. I think we could have a second season for Book of Boba Fett, but it won't be Book of Boba Fett. Honestly, I think they've kind of learned something from here. I would call it something like The War for Tatooine. Let's bring in all the, the huts again, the pikes, Cad Bane, everyone coming back 
to go after Boba to take over the spice trade to do, like, especially with having more people introduced or, or in play from Mandalorian, like let's have an epic star war for mm. the most important or most iconic planet in the whole story here. Okay. So I would do that as your next, like not Mandalorian Mandalorians show. <laughs> Which, by the way, speaking of the deep fake thing there, because I, I heard that story um, recently as well. Rumor is everyone who is in a Marvel movie is fully scanned and digitized should they want to do anything with the actor later on. Yeah, I think it's in a contract, too. Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy. They're not giving me the actor. <laughs> All right, Pete, take a crack at it. <laughs> Boba will be back. I know we didn't get that little like hang at the end of the season like we did uh, with the end of Mandalorian season two. But again, I think they invest a bunch into these things. They're not just going to do like one and done. Um, so we'll see him again. Where it's going from there, I think that last little scene where he's with Kersantin and the mods and the little rat catcher droid, and he's sort of saying like, you know, this life doesn't seem like it's for us. I almost get the impression that they're going to leave Tatooine. I don't know where they're headed, um, but you know what is important to him is this idea of a tribe and family. So I, I think what that says to me, and you know, kind of even questioning like the Mandalorian, do you really kind of believe in that stuff? With you know, this is the way and all that. I almost get the impression that where we see the bunch of them next is in Mandalorian season three. And again, another name for Book of Boba Fett, Book of Cameos. You know, I think each of these shows is big on doing the crossover thing, playing with all those toys in the bucket, you know. So I think we see them very soon in Mando season three. I would not be surprised at all. As for Mando season three, it's tricky now because, you know, if you think back to end of season two and where it left off and what's next, I would have told you. It's him and Bo-Katan head back to Mandalore and they got to figure out what they're going to do if they want to bring back the grand Mandalorian, you know, cities and things like that. And, you know, who's going to rule Mandalore. And at the same time, you know, um, I'm blanking on his name, but uh, Gus Fring, Gustavo Fring's uh, character, you know, he wasn't killed. You know, they were sending him off for trial for crime. So Gideon, Gideon, thank you so much. I think a portion of that focuses in on Gideon and his trial and like, mm-hmm. you know, he probably escapes or something. Cause it's like, yeah, it's almost hard to like, you know, get rid of Jean Carlos so quickly too. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> but now kind of after some of the revelations where he goes and meets the armor and she's like, you got to go to the mines underneath, you know, Mandalore. And that's where you can purge yourself and become a true Mandalorian again. Now that people have seen you with your helmet off. I, I think it's also him contending with, which sect of Mandalorian am I? Am I the one that doesn't care if I take my helmet off, which is kind of the ones that we see all through Clone Wars and, and Bo-Katan, et cetera? Or is it like that, like, you know, really kind of religious sect that he's sort of still a part of? So I think that's where they're they're going to plumb the depths. And my biggest ongoing question, because like I said, I feel like this was a season of undoing things that have happened in the past few seasons of Mandalorian, as soon as two seasons worth of plot development getting Grogu to Luke, 
and then they undo it in two episodes <laughs> um, and have him back with him. I mean, that's cool. But like, where does Grogu go from here? He's still essentially a toddler, you know, like, do they put a blaster in his hand and a helmet on his head? Like, I just don't know. I mean, it, it just seems to me like he perpetually becomes like the damsel in distress character with the occasional stops the mud horn or, or rancor with his force and then takes a nap, you know, looks for his chicky nuggets afterwards. I, I don't know. you know. <laughs> well, he's, nuggets. He's, got, yeah. he's got the chain mail on, which I don't see how that would protect him in any way, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I kind of feel, I guess I'm more on uh, with Kevin on this one, not necessarily the war on Tatooine, but the uh, just going back to Mandalore and trying to solve that problem i can see boba fett and these characters returning the favor at some point so if the mandalorian gets back and then there's this whole thing with bo katan and he needs backup then they'll they'll come there you know and he's got the sword so he's pretty much can do whatever the hell he wants right according to their law so i don't know i feel like uh I feel like there's there's some kind of reciprocation that's going to happen to get them back into season three of Mandalorian, the Boba Fett and Shand and everybody. But uh, I'm I'm just interested. I, I I still they've got a grip on me to want more at this point, and they haven't. They've they've tied up some ends, but like you said, we don't know who's dead and who's alive for several characters at the end of the show and what they're going to do with them. So. I'm front row ready for season three. Please give it to us as soon yeah. as possible. <laughs> Just to you know. build off what you said with the sword too. I honestly think that's going to be the thing. Like we had in book of Boba Fett, you know, battle for Mos Espa or whatever, but I think that Mando is going to end up being the battle for who has the dark saber because mm. you have Bo representing essentially like the main group of like Mandalorians we've seen before. You've got his sect and then kind of a neat thing, like that when they had that little fight with him with like the John Favreau guy, uh, I can't mm-hmm. think of his name, but his last name's Vizla. And, you know, like that's the original owners of the of the Darksaber. And those are the people that were in Death Watch uh, Mandalorians in, in like the Clone Wars. So mm-hmm. I can almost see all these different factions of Mandalorians coming into like a big conflict uh, as well, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And Grogu, I like that uh, that he's back in... I, he's almost now I, I see him at least a, a, a piece of Mandalorian's weaponry because if he, as long as he's there and next to him and can use the force in ways to to help uh, just without falling asleep I mean he's going to have to figure out how to do that but I think he's going to train him train him in some combat and all kinds of stuff and I don't know I, I'm anxious to see how fast or how quickly they if or if they make him grow to be more of a a character other than just the little toddler but i I guess probably not in the way he ages compared to everybody else there's probably not enough time unless they jump ahead you know 10 years or something which who knows but anyway anything else left uh, on the table you need to get out there before we wrap this up Yes. The okay. one thing I would say, because I so avoided talking a lot about Mandalorian, how cool is that Naboo starfighter that he has? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no. Impractical. No? Impractical. Well, but I don't think he's going to be a bounty hunter anymore. You know what I mean? I think well, that, that's, that's the kind thing. of the trick yeah. you're going for I was, now. I was kind of mad when I saw it. I was like, 
don't give him the fast ship. I mean, he, he needs cargo hold. He needs a <laughs> place to store people and put people in carbonite. But I think you're right. And I think that's part of why he went ahead and took the ship was all of season three is not going to be him going after bounties. It's going to be him on um, Mandalore trying to, you know, figure out what the hell's going on. So it's, it's, it is what it is. <laughs> i miss yeah. the razor crest too it's okay yeah yeah i was really pissed when they blew that up he'll get another ship don't worry <laughs> after he after he repents <laughs> yeah that's your uh you're, you're back into the religion we'll give you your ship uh the uh, armor will build it for you out of <laughs> what do you call it uh the Mandalorian Beskar. armor, Beskar, yeah, yeah, Beskar steel, and that's yeah. I, I'm kind of bothered by that too. So they're down to, to to just two, right, in the guild, and they're just kind of hanging out. I mean, <laughs> they're underground. They're there's they're really not. At least we're not seeing them and what they're doing, kind of behind the scenes to bring up the younglings and do all this in the the cult, essentially. I want to know more about that. Yeah. I want to, I want to know more about what they're doing kind of behind the scenes. Cause you know, they're on the, it was the halo planet, right? <laughs> the, uh, yeah. That they were on. I don't know what they ring call world. it in there. Yeah. Ring, I don't know. Yeah. It has a name, but I, it, it's so cool. It's like a mimic of ring world. I love that. But they're, they're mm. on there just kind of hanging out and you know, they got their, their, uh, their oven there set up <laughs> to make stuff. But <laughs> What are they doing? I I, I want to know more. So hopefully they'll flush that out a little bit more too, uh, coming up in the next season. Anything else, Kevin? Tack? No, no, I'm good. Okay. This well, is the way. <laughs> this is the way to end the show. <laughs> this is the way to end the show. We have nothing more to say. So just a quick thank you to you guys for uh, coming on. Of course, uh, I'm going to put a link in the show notes to everybody. Uh, Tack is on the A Very Brady Podcast season mm-hmm. five now. We just yep. got into season five, which is the final season, right? Yeah, but we are going to go on and do a season six because there was a lot of like TV movies they did, other Great. stuff. Okay. So, yeah. So we got one more season of all the other stuff outside of the, the TV episodes. That will be yeah. great. So make sure you uh, follow Tack and Jimmy on A Very Brady mm-hmm. Podcast. Pete, you can find on Box Office 30 every, uh, let's see, every two weeks, two episodes a month, him and Michael. And we're deep into uh, 1992 now. That's it. Looking forward to your Wayne's World review coming up. Yes. (laughs) I have not watched Wayne's World in years. And just hearing your recall last week, I was like, I'm so ready to watch it again. (laughs) Yeah, you and me both. It's been a while, so I'm really excited. And my buddy Kevin, who uh, has his own show, Hellions Talks, make sure you're subscribed to that. Some great interviews over there. Recently in the uh, New York Championship Wrestling realm, interviewing the champion, right? Interviewing the new champion. (laughs) Uh, I've made a lot of context there with my local indie promotion. I got two indie comic interviews coming up next. And then uh, I already know who I want to talk to next for uh, my local wrestlers. So awesome. Hopefully that person wants to talk to me as well. Yeah. Very, (laughs) very indie show. Lots of indie comics, indie wrestlers. I mean, it's great to uh, sit down and and hear these guys and their background. And uh, Kevin also joins me and Adam on the thrift store horde on TRN TV. We, Love hitting the thrift stores and showing off what we got. We just 
uh, actually recorded a new episode earlier today so that'll be coming yes. out soon and just some fun goodies that we found uh, in this latest episode our 10th so we try to release an episode about once a month and uh just fun going out and shopping and uh seeing what we can find so uh i am uh, you can find me at tier and social on facebook twitter instagram and uh yeah, just uh, make sure you're subscribed to this feed, too. If you're catching this in some different format, the Retro Network presents. This is where we're going to be putting all of our roundtable reviews in. And I'm sure we'll be getting around to Obi-Wan. We'll do a review on Obi-Wan. And I know when Stranger Things 4 uh, hits, I'm going to be <laughs> chopping at the bit to talk about that. So as these kind of retro theme shows come along, we will uh, be back to do some more roundtable reviews. But... Until then, for Tack and Pete and Kevin, Jason here, and we'll catch you next time. of the Retro Network.